Hey, good afternoon, David. How you doing? I'm doing great. Good to have you back. Good. Yeah, I wasn't here last week. I went very yeah, we well. Miss you. I miss we you. Made, we made it. We, we did, we made it indeed. We got through it all, uh, all good. We're here on uh, Tuesday today at the very much earlier time of uh, noon Pacific. It's 3 p.m. East Coast. And to everyone in the UK and Europe, it's probably a reasonable hour for you guys this week. And you don't have to stay up until midnight to tune in. So welcome uh, to everyone watching live. And welcome to anyone who's watching this after the show has finished. Um, look forward to this episode very much. Uh, I'd like to dedicate this episode particularly to Benjamin Morgan. Thank you for being such a... Uh, an amazing viewer. We really appreciate you. Um, but before we jump in, Dave, anything you want to address before we get into this really cool, fun episode? Nothing Which specific. I'm just excited. This is going to be a fun one. Two. So the question on everyone's mind is, is, is 2023 the year that we hit the Magic 100? I think we should strive, right? We're getting there. We are getting there. All right. Well, let's get into it. I think uh, this week's guest, as you probably already know, is a singer, songwriter, five-string banjo player, and banjo uke player, Valerie June, who's here to uh, talk about her new book, uh, Somebody to Love, the story of Valerie June's sweet little baby banjo Lely. Um, she's going to do a read-through for us and play a couple of tunes, and then we're going to find out a bit more uh, about the book and how it came to be. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful piece. Of if you happen to have a copy right here. And it's wonderful. Uh, I took it home for my kids, and it's awesome. Uh, and you'll also notice down the bottom, it says illustrated by, uh, and I think I'm pronouncing this correctly, Marcella Avila, um, who is joining Valerie today. Uh, Marcella is the brilliant creative mind uh, behind all the, the, the wonderful illustrations throughout the entire book. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure Valerie will be holding that up as she goes. Um, but she's done work for many um, ad companies and and various artists, including Nora, um, Nora Brown, um, sorry, and Nora Jones, and a part of her world tour stage set and artists' uh, album cover designs and things like that. So it's very, very well-respected illustrator and designer uh, and artist. And we are honored and privileged to welcome both of uh, these wonderful guests to the show. Let's bring them in. Hello. There they are. <laughs> nice to see you, David. Very so. good Where are you guys? Because the, the step and repeat behind you is very telling. Let's get a full Wait. screen, Jonathan. Can you guess? <laughs> Vegas? Love Vegas. it. Vegas! <laughs> now we're in the Grammy Museum in Cleveland, Mississippi, which is two hours from Memphis. So we drove from Stax Museum yesterday to uh, Cleveland for a children's event this morning with about 300 students that were bussed in from schools all around the way. Wow. And it's wow. first time in Bedside. Uh, first time in Mississippi, first time in Cleveland. <laughs> love it. I love it. This is really, really fun. And you you were frantically trying to retune your instruments this morning. I think you just come from that event and you were saying that the kids were hands-on, very much interested in what was going on and bridges have moved and strings had come un untuned and the life of a banjo player, Valerie. 
Yes, it is. Um, we have something we call a strum line, and it's an instrument petting zoo, basically. So they're able to go through and play the ukulele, the banjo, the baby banjolele. They are able to play the guitar and all of them, and that's 300 students doing it. So after that, I have to take some time with my mama banjo. I call this one mama because the kids get a kick out of that. The other one's the baby, and this one's the mama. I love it. Yeah, I love really it. Well a sign that says don't feed the instruments because <laughs> some of them are not that kind. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we we know how that feels. Uh, we understand completely. <laughs> but uh, hey, we're going to get into your uh, into the book and everything else just shortly. But do you want to open up uh, the show with a bit of a bit of a song for us? Sure, I'll open with a song that I opened with this morning. And it's called Wonderful World because I think we do live in a beautiful and wonderful world. Well, I see trees of green, red roses too. I watch them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful skies of blue and clouds of white the brightness of day and the darkness of night and I think to myself what a That was beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So delicate at the end of that. That was awesome. Thank you. Um, the students today, they sang it with me as we ended it. And their voices are so high and so beautiful. You really believe that the magic of the world is wonderful, which I need that 
And so one day we'll record it and let you hear it that way. It's one of my favorite Did the students, were the students familiar with the tune already? They were, and I'm surprised okay. because their ages were maybe between seven and 11 today. So they're pretty okay. young. Yeah. yeah, we get a lot of like very young children as well, like uh, anywhere from one year old all the way up to about 12. They like the book. So we've been for all kinds of students all over from Detroit to New York to Tennessee to um, we're going to lower Mississippi to Biloxi soon and all over with the book and sharing songs and music and art. I asked some teenager today, I was like, do you have fun? Because it's a kid's book. I'm like, tell me the truth. Did you have fun or you just want to escape school? She's like, no, I actually had fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's cool because there's like three busloads full of students that come running in and you were out in the front of the Grammy Museum and she greeted them. And we have a door, which is from the book. And um, they walk through this door and they have to go down really low to go through it like they're doing limbo. I'm trying to see if I can find it. Oh, yeah, right here. here. So they go through this door to get into the museum. So they were like going in and I got some high fives and got some hellos. I even got a hug. It was awesome. They (laughs) crawl through into the theater and they're like, whoa. (laughs) Cool. It's a whole world. We get recharged after all of this, to be honest. Super <laughs> special. Dave, did you, do, you, do we want to start with a little read through of the book so we can? Do we yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Okay. Give people a taste this of what we And Marcella, I'm going to actually ask you to scoot to your right just a little bit, if you don't mind. Sure. Just so Because we, we're only seeing half your shoulder there. There you go. Oh, yeah. Cool. I just Beautiful. want to show half of my uh, cheek, not all of it. <laughs> yeah. We're going to see the guests. Well, the book is called Somebody to Love, and it's the story of Valerie Jen's sweet little baby banjo lately. Here we go. There are hundreds of instruments in the world, but there is no other instrument like this sweet and tiny birthday present given to a little girl named Valerie Jen. Holding it close, she plucked a string. It made a very broad sound like ting, ting, ting. Oh, how that toy could ring, 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 which was perfect because Valerie June loved to sing, sing, sing. (laughs) She sang for Grand and Granddad. She sang with her friends on the playground. She sang for her mom and dad. But when she tried to strum along, the baby Banjalele could not make it through a whole song. There was a sign at school that read, Instruments in the Park. Thinking a band might help her to learn her new things about her tiny gift, Valerie convinced her mom to take her and the banjo-lately to play with the other instruments. Many of the other kids had already learned how to play acoustic guitars that went up, down, up, up, down, up, strum, strum, strum. Electric guitars that went buzz, buzz, bang, bang, hum, hum. Drums that went clash, clash, crash, crash, so, 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 and five string banjos that said clickety, 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 roll, roll, roll. But when Valerie opened her instrument case, you should have seen the look on everyone's face. A look that said, what's a toy like that doing in this place? 
Nervously, she tried to join the band, but just as before, the baby Banjolele could not perform to the end. Embarrassed and confused by the Banjolele's sudden stop in the middle of the song, Valerie and her mom packed up and went home. She took the round-faced four-string gift home and put it in the corner. For Valerie, the weeks went by, the days did fly, and the years were filled with many adventures. But the little toy sat still and lonely in the corner and was covered with a layer of dust as thick as a cloud. No one could even see it anymore. Can you see it? We'll be right over in here. There's a head and roller skates and everything covering it up, so you can hardly see it. One day, when Valerie returned home from the park, she heard a soft, whimpering, crying sound. Whatever could that sad, ting, ting, ting sound be, she thought. She was so tired from traveling and playing that she fell asleep and did not look around to see where the ring, ring, ring was coming from. In the middle of the night, Valerie was awakened by an even louder sound. Zing, zing, ring, zing. She could tell that the sound came from the corner. Hmm. And with a whoo, she blew, and a cloud of dust started to swirl all around the room. And a sweet and tiny toy was now as loud as a fire truck zooming down the street. I have a dream. I want to sing, said the toy. The days went by and the weeks did fly and the years were filled with many adventures. I have a voice. I have a song. I can sing, I can sing, and I know I can ring and I know I can sing. Will you please try again and take me with you to play in the park with the band? And you can see the baby has a passport down here ready to go on the trip to the park. Because you need a passport to go to the park. <laughs> <laughs> okay, little toy, Valerie said. If you really can't sing, then let me hear your song. And because the toy had been afraid and alone for so long, this time when Valerie started to sing, when it started to sing, its voice became full of dust. And it was so hoarse and broken that the sound could barely come out at By then, everyone in the house was awake and very upset by this loud and broken sound. <laughs> said Papa with a bitter tone. If that's all you can do, then you should not have interrupted my sweet dreams with your wanted. I agree, said Mama, all huffing puffing the sun in a truck. <laughs> they all began to laugh amongst themselves and whispered that the toys should be thrown out into the garbage for being, for waking everyone up in the middle of the night. What do you think? Should we throw the toy out? Even the neighbors had been awakened and they too thought Valerie should throw the toy out. Then the banjo we heard Valerie gently and softly whisper one word. You know what that word was? Believe. Believe. 
and growing afraid of being tossed out, but growing even bigger and braver because Valerie loved her, the toy finally <coughs> coughed up the last bit of dust and belted out a gorgeous song called Somebody to Love. Amazing, Valerie said to the toy, yes, I'll take you with me everywhere because your voice is beautiful and everyone should hear your song. You're such a sweet and tiny little instrument. I'm going to call you the baby. <laughs> and all of the neighbors, Mama, Papa, and everyone in the house, they were all moved to tears by the performance. From that day forward, they loved to hear the baby sing because the baby's voice reminded them to never give up and to follow their dreams. And so it was that the baby became the star of Valerie's show. As you can see, the baby's got the green room we were telling you about. It's the star of the show. And then I have my own green room right here, over here, right there. <laughs> <laughs> the end. And that's the story of the Bangalore. Hope you enjoyed it. Wow. Have you been, have you done theater before? Have you taught kids before? Because you're just a natural in, in telling stories like this. Well, when I first started playing music, like many musicians, I, bu I was busking, I was playing at um, coffee houses, and a friend of mine from Memphis, Jason Freeman, and I, we did children's music. And so we'd go to the libraries, and we went to schools in Memphis, and we would perform for kids and read books that were already out. We didn't have our own, but we dreamed of one day having one. So I started doing it, but then when my career took off with my own music, I haven't done it in all these years. And when I met Marcella and she was interested in doing the illustrations, I was like, we gotta do it. Yeah, but it's not only that, the way she tells the story, she has the kids like this, like uh -huh. the video. Like, like people will watch and watch her over and over and over because she just tells the story so good. Like I will just play her to go to bed. <laughs> well, it works on adults too. I think it does, yeah. I, the policy went off of sleep really too fun. When it came to the time, should we throw the, band, the toy out in the trash? I, I looked down, I could see Dave and his little thing going, no. Well, <laughs> and he would just have one kid that said yes. I was like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> there was one kid that said, yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's always one. <laughs> There's only one. There's always one. I love it. So, love it. so the the idea of the book came together. Y'all, you already, uh, you know, knew each other well, and then kind of pitched, kind of talked talked about the idea together, and then and kind of um, moved, decided to move forward with it. Was that how it happened? Well, the idea, the idea is hers. So she. This story is a real story that the way somebody to love came to her. That that song, she already wrote it. And I think, and you can talk better maybe about this, but I think the baby banjo Lele actually woke her up in the middle of the night and wanted to be written. And that's how this this the children's story became a book story. But one day we were already friends. And yes, we were in a barbecue one day and she told me, She's like, would you be interested in doing a children's book with me? And I'm like, hell 
yes. I said that word and the children, probably not, right? Okay. I said, yes. <laughs> of course, yes. <laughs> so um, from I read the story and I love, 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 loved it. And that's when we start working together. So she's the the all the words and everything is hers, and then all the illustration is my my part. And that's how we collaborated, yes. And, you know, when we were at the barbecue and I said to her, would you ever illustrate a children's book? You know, it was kind of like I didn't give her any instruction, no color scheme or anything. And she did all of this artwork, sent it over to me. And I said to myself, that is so me. I already wear these colors all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe the artwork. And in the book, she also... Used, she asked me one day for photographs of my mom and dad and my grandmother and my grandfather. And I was like, why does she want pictures of my family? Like the creepy person. And so she drew <laughs> pictures of my family. So when my mom opened the book for the first time, my mom was like, oh, I'm in there for real. And uh -huh. my grandmother was the same way about it. They just couldn't believe. And all of the other uh, images in the book. They're all real people. The kids are real people that are friends of um, ours, and and everything is real in the book because of her art. Yeah. So we made we wanted to make it as close as possible to reality because for us it's a real story. It's the way the song came to life. It's the way inspiration works for us. So it was like it was a way to make it even closer to reality. And you know. As a songwriter yourselves and music lovers, you're all, we're always curious about how artists get the songs that they uh, sing to us. And so it was true that I had the banjoele for a long time and it just collected dust and I didn't know how to play one word, one string on there or anything. And then one day in the middle of the night, I just heard this song, Somebody to Love. I just heard it and I woke up and I went into the instrument. I looked on my phone for some chords and I just started playing the song, just like that. So when the instruments want to speak to you, you could have an old banjo around the house or have gotten yourself a new one and said to yourself, oh, one day I'm going to learn to play it. It will happen. It's just going to, one day you're just going to wake up and go in there and give it everything you got. And they'll have their passport ready. <laughs> That's great. I mean, I was recently listening to an interview of it with uh, David Crosby, an old one before he passed. And he was talking about songwriting and how you need to keep yourself open to the muse when it, when it hits you, the creative spirit. And it sounds like you're, you know, you had the energy that you were open, open to that energy and then went over to the ukulele and, and you know, created this song. Yes. And it, I had to just wait for years that it took just let it sit there until it was ready you know sometimes yeah. we put pressure on ourselves that we have to learn or do it all in one day but it takes time you know mm -hmm. what has the, the been the feedback from from have, have you had direct feedback from kids have you, about, about from that have read the story or listened to a reading from you it's been really really interesting the kids ask the funniest questions they ask uh, if the banjolele actually talked to her, how do how did it talk to her? And that's a very hard question to answer because for us or for you and for me, it did talk in a in an own, in its own way, like inspiration talked to talked to us, right? But to explain that to a kid that it's imagining 
him, the baby, ha having or him or his or hers, it's a little complicated, but having eyes. And it's hard, hard to explain sometimes, but they 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 love it. They they feel inspired. Then they ask. Sometimes they're so smart. They they ask questions about technique too. Like, oh, what what did you use? Did you use watercolor? Did you use this kind of pencil? Um, they notice things grown-ups don't notice. Like, why did you pick her hair to be white? Or everybody's in the book has white hair. So they, they, I, I feel we have really good feedback. They, I'm telling you, kids arrive and hug us. Like it's, it's very, very inspiring, and we've got so much love from it that we feel we not created just a children's book, but something a little bigger, and just a platform to, for inspiration, not just for music, but for bigger dreams. Yes, and some of the great questions, like Marcella was saying, are like, what's your favorite color? And she would say something like, my color is blue. And then she'd ask the, the child to ask her the question, what's your favorite color? And the child would say, rainbow. And I'm like, whoa. So for us adults, we get so much from she, it. I'm like, she's way smarter than me. Yeah. <laughs> and I say, well, I wear a rainbow every time I get a chance, you know? And um, so we are getting so much magic out of it, but we also collaborate with um, people like Deering and um, Newport Folk Festival Foundation. And we don't just perform and share the stories of art and the book with the people, with the students. We also have made donations of ukuleles and books to their um, school programs. So y'all came together for us to donate this one yeah. to the schools here in Cleveland. This is a Deering Banjolele that we're so happy to present to the students. And it's gonna be in their classes, their music classes in the program. It's a small town here with um, many different small schools. So they'll have that and they have 10 ukuleles and they'll all go around and get to play all of it. And um, in the back of the book, it talks about how this is tuned to like a basic ukulele and the names of the strings and things like that. So they get to learn all that. And their teachers, their music teachers are teaching them to read music as well. They were very excited to learn it too. And mm -hmm. it comes with all with the music sheet too. Yeah. That our friend Dave Sherman did for us. Yeah. So shout out to him. And they all were very excited to learn. They all also were like, oh, I want to learn how to play it. And Next time you come, we'll know we'll know all the songs. So it's so it's really good. Yeah, there's the sheet music. So they just take the books and everything home, or do it at school even, and they are able to learn the songs. Some of them play uh, piano and it's text. Mm -hmm. The students there they play all kinds of instruments, so they'll know it back and forth. <laughs> they know more than me for sure. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I was like, how old are you? Yeah, one of them asked me like, oh, how did you become a musician? I'm like. <laughs> one of the one of the things I've noticed uh, since you put it out, I've spoken to a number of people, and uh, there's actually a number of, of adults as well who picked this book up. I think probably to read it to their kids at bedtime and that kind of stuff. But they've they've either messaged us or I've seen a couple of um, kind of social media videos of people just talking about it and kind of this this is amazing. Like if I'd had this when I was a kid. And even now I relate to it. And was that something that you were expecting to get out of it as well? Or was that just kind of a kind of a, a nice surprise? 
Well, you know, we had our event recently at Third Man Records, and there were tons of adorable children there, but there were also rock and rollers and, you know, adults there who love music and love the publications that they released through Third Man Books. And I was just blown away by how many adults keep a magical heart like me and keep a heart that's open to dreams and imagination and beautiful things because I collect children's books. They have a message and a moral that we always need to remember. We never need to forget the tales like Aesop's fables of the tortoise and the hare and how you must pace yourself through your life. That applies to whatever age. And with this book, a lot of adults having had the dream that maybe one day I'll learn how to play banjo, but they think, oh, well, I'm too old for it. The fact that the hair is all neutral in here, everyone is ageless. You can start at any age you want to, you know? So everyone feels comfortable with it, and the specialty version of it makes it all more collectible for adults because they have uh, vinyl uh, record players at home, and they can play the vinyl and keep it as a collector's item as well. Yeah, in terms of records, I feel like the fans of Valerie June brought their kids. It was more like maybe it was maybe not the kids that wanted to go, but more like the parents. <laughs> yeah, and when they got but then the kids were like having face pain. They had mocktails. They had so much fun. Oh yeah! <laughs> I'm telling you, these these rock and roll guys are not as tough as they make out to be. They got like little little soft heart in there somewhere. I think. <laughs> One thing I really like about it, um, you you got to the page where it's the end, but if you carry on through the book uh, at the back, there's a couple of different sections, right? So there's there's a whole section here about um, different people, right? Who are inspirational and a bit about them. So you got Albert Einstein, Oprah Winfrey, John Lennon, Martin Luther King, Thomas Edison, Frida Kahlo, um, some really really important people. A whole thing about believing, right? And I wonder, in a minute, I'm going to have you read that out, because I think that's really important. Um, some proverbs to inspire young dreamers, you know, from, from Africa, from Tibet, from Native American, Mexican, different proverbs and things like that. Like you said, a bit about the banjo lady itself, but you've really kind of gone into a lot of, of more detail than just kind of the, the book and the story, right? There's, there's, it's, it's really designed to go a bit further than that. I think that's, that's a really nice kind of touch, but... Um, it wasn't so much a question as much of an observation because I just think it's a, it's a, it's just a nice addition to the to the story and it kind of just wraps everything up to where kids especially mm -hmm. can can put things into real life right different situations things. Enough. Yeah, that's Do not forget because we we forget sometimes too to believe. So it's a good reminder for us too. <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful for adults to remember and. We were just at uh, the Lorraine and National Civil Rights Museum in Memphis yesterday, and it's just important to remember how powerful dreams are, that we have lights on in this room, and that was a dream of Thomas Edison, that we understand the theory of relativity, and that was just a dream in Albert Einstein's mind. So dreams, they're very much like what shapes the world that we see around us. Anyways, the, the man-made parts. Now, nature, that's a totally different thing. Leaves and trees and flowers and bumblebees. <laughs> we, we don't control all of that. But with the things like how we treat each other and believing in ourselves and believing in this world, that's why I start with Wonderful World. All of that is just a dream, ultimately, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Dave. 
Would you like to play something on, on your baby, baby Vangelelli right there that you have in your hand? I will play somebody to love. Well, if you're tired and you're feeling so lonely, you wake up at night thinking that only if you had somebody, well, I'll be somebody, somebody to love. Did they tell you there were plenty of fish in the sea? But you're out in the cold and you're feeling empty Or you're looking for somebody Well, I'll be somebody You're somebody to love to the schools and it's just so warm. You can see the difference in the banjoes. They're both the same, but one has a smaller head and one a larger head. So this one has a warm sound. This one has more like a tinny sound to me when I listen to them. This one's bassy and this one's like creaky. <laughs> this one ain't more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a, that's so I need a name for this one. <laughs> yeah. For more yeah, I like that. It looks well, like look. a full moon. This is a full moon, Angelica. <laughs> so pretty. We're so yeah. thankful for that. Yes, thank <laughs> you so much. Thank you. Now we, I, I wanted to mention as well because we, I know that we did um, two other ones for you late last year for Giving Tuesday back in November, right? And they were a bit more special because they, um, I think they had, I think they were Koa necks on them. But then I know Chad, our guy Chad in the back, he uh, he took, the, there's an inlay on yours that has, has the vowel, it's in the book as well. And it's very distinctive, uh, yeah. which is, the tune is on it right now. But we kind of duplicated that and kind of tried to replicate that as best as we could. Oh, you did? 
Yeah. And and yeah. so what was, can you tell us a little bit the story about, because um, it was Forgiving Tuesday. And so they were auctioned off uh, to raise money. Um, where did that go? Like in terms of what was, who were the, um, uh, the beneficiaries of, uh, of the, of the profits there? So the beneficiary was Mid-South um, Literacy and Literacy Mid-South, and it's based in Memphis, but they support children's and adults' literacy programs all throughout Memphis and all West Tennessee. So once you get up around Middle Tennessee to Nashville area, there are other programs that work with the literacy, illiteracy and teaching. And But on this side of the state, which is where I'm from, the West Tennessee area, it supports all of the different programs and people, even adults who are learning to read. And so they were so thrilled to receive the donation. They got 100% of the auction proceeds and they were so excited about it. And um, I, you know, it's always a secret who won the actual instrument, but that's even a treat to me, you know, because I know that the other banjalele that has Val at the top like this, the only other ones in the world, they're out there in the hands of loving people because they wouldn't have been if they didn't believe in Giving Tuesday, you know? Yeah, that, that was a really fun one. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for that. We loved it. You know, part being part of the whole book and to find a partner in all of this for us was that we were able to help a little bit. And you guys have made this even bigger. So thank you. <laughs> anything we can do absolutely it's an honor yeah. it's, a, it's a real pleasure to be involved so i know dave yeah. has some more ukulele based uh questions so i'm gonna let him uh, take the reins for a second yeah well um when how, what does the banjo lately give to you sonically as an instrument versus versus you know other instruments you know the guitar the, the regular five string banjo and do you write different songs as inspired you to write different types of songs when you when you're playing this the ukulele banjo ukulele well the songs to me that come with it are very playful a lot of times the songs that come to me on the other instruments are heavy and i like the playfulness that comes with the instrument for me and i also like that the songs that i want to learn on it are playful like i want to learn you're my sunshine i want to learn um yeah somewhere over the rainbow and you know songs like that that are lighthearted. and i don't know why but i guess it is because when my friend gave it to me all those years ago i did think it was a toy i literally laughed at her and i was like why did you give me this i play real instruments <laughs> so i think because i thought it was a toy i like playing playful songs on it but there are people who, like Israel, who plays somewhere over the rainbow, Israel Nash, he played the uh, ukulele, and it's simple, but it's strong and beautiful. And yeah. um, it better has played it as well. They don't play banjalele, but they play ukulele, which has the same kind of playfulness, but in a serious way too, you know? So it doesn't have to be only limited to a playfulness, but that's what it is for me. Oh, and you use dude. a capo. <laughs> yeah, so I like to have so. <laughs> use a capo too on on that uh, on your on your uh, banjo banjo as well. So are you tuning at standard tuning and then capoing up sometimes? Yes, I tune it to G C E A, 
And then I just find where my voice is in a particular song that I'm writing, I'm learning, and I'll capo up or down to whatever I need to have it at. I just Very found nice. this capo seafoam color, and I thought it was perfect with the um, banjo-ailey because I always like to wear these boots. <laughs> <laughs> So I have now this seafoam and I have a seafoam um, guitar cable that plugs into it. So I'm trying to color coordinate all of this stuff. Yeah, like this color <laughs> with everything with the banjo-ailey. That's going to be the baby's color. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, Jim. Where are we at? It's 12.42 out here anyway. Um yeah, no, that's really interesting. Uh, Marcella, question for you. Um, where do you start? Like, I mean, we talked a little bit about the song coming together. I'm assuming like a lot of your work is not always like coming out of a song necessarily, but I, I imagine some of it is. Like, where do you tend to start in a creative process like this? Could you talk a little bit about that? Are you sure? Well, here, um, I actually listen to the song a thousand times. I put it on and on and on and on, and I tried to imagine her, and, you know, I saw her colors, and I was seeing this, you know, I saw teal, I saw a lot of magenta, which is this pink. <laughs> for me, I, I, I want to see this pink travel through the world, which for me, is, it's love, and, and then it was scary to start, like, the first line, because... Look, you know, we're friends and I wanted her to like it and to feel connected to it. I've never done a children's book in my life, but in, I've always do like, I've done art for myself or I've done other kinds of art, but never something like this. So it's not like I used to do children's book. I didn't even know how, what's the normal process. I just did what I wanted to do. So then one day I was in my backyard, put all my watercolors, did a little ritual, uh, put some, the music, I didn't put some music, I just put the music over and over again. <laughs> Probably my neighbors hated me. <laughs> and a lot of paper and tried to imagine how I could make it as magical as I saw it. And the first illustration I did, it was this one, uh, which is not the one you will imagine, but it was this one. Ooh. Oh, interesting. And okay. it was, I think this one enclosures, it was like the full moon and her and that whimsical um, blowing, but it's like still like music. You see like this, the, how you, you. Like the stand. Like, yeah, music. yeah, like the music written notes written, but it was also that magic waking up and put a little mystery. And this was the first one I, I did. And and I, I think when I finished it, I was, I was like, okay, I guess I found my style as a children's book illustrator. And I, <laughs> I can't do something different than what I am because every time I draw something, it always looks like me. Sure. <laughs> so I just click set. And I'm like, I hope she likes it. <laughs> so what was the reaction? Was there like days of waiting where you were just really, really anxious and there was no response and you were cut? <laughs> like Thank God she did fly fast. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, I love it. <laughs> oh, amazing. But 
you know, we did have our, just as, as the baby banjo alien, the story had challenges and different setbacks and obstacles. We did too with the publication of the book because we hadn't written, I guess maybe like a little over three years ago and illustrated. And we turned it into my literary agent and she shopped it to all kinds of publishers. And you will find the right fit for whatever your art is. You just have to be patient. So we received three years of rejection letters. Oh, yeah. Finally turned it to Third Man Records, and they loved it. Finally, we found our fit. But it took three years to find our fit. And it was the perfect fit because all the other illustrators, they weren't going to, I mean, the publishers, they weren't going to put the vinyl record in the back of the, of mm -hmm. the book. And we really wanted that. Or, or doing the donations we wanted to do. We, right. we wanted to do the limited edition and donate. And, and like, we have certain things we wanted to do with it. For literacy, yeah. we wanted to do the donations. And they were like, no, we can't. And we we're like, well, we can't either. And then they would tell us we can. And we were just yeah. heartbroken. Or wanted to change it all. We were yeah. like, that's not our fault. <laughs> So, so for everybody at home, Third Man is, is Jack White's label, right? Which is um, obviously White Stripes, Decanteurs, or, or Raconteurs, sorry. Um, amazing musician in his own right. Uh, how did that relationship come about? Um, well, hi, hi, Jack. <laughs> Thank, hi, Jack. You. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Thank you, Um Well, a friend of mine, this is funny, like after all these rejections, I did cry a little, I'm not going to lie. I'm like that little banjo that couldn't perform. And I'm like, I think I have something. So we have something so good here. And I don't know why they say no. And I was a little frustrated and I was having dinner with a friend of mine. And she's like, and I, I told her, like, they're telling me that people don't buy music books, that they don't do well. I don't understand why. And she's like, I think you're going to the wrong places. And she said, have you tried Thurman Records? I'm like, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> and then I told Valerie. And Valerie already had thought it, but she hadn't told me. And so, you know, the face aligned. And at one point, she made it happen. <laughs> but so, hi, Anne-Marie. Thank you for that, too. <laughs> so we have a whole team of people who oh, helped yeah. us and just brought the whole book to life. You know, we couldn't do it without them. Oh, my God. We have a whole list. <laughs> At one point. <laughs> and it keeps yeah. growing. We performed at the Kennedy Center and there were like 500 people there and it was beautiful. But we have to thank all of them and the schools, wow. schools in Texas, schools all over. So it's just been really fun. So we're starting to get a feel now for just this like palpable sense of excitement that you two have over this project. Like now after all the effort of, of getting it done, then finding the you know the publisher and and now you're, you're in this situation where you're out there doing it and bringing it to life right so yeah. it makes a lot more sense now. that's fantastic we're Did, at uh... the Grammy Museum and then we got to do, do our little things like having a little door and having mocktails like we get a little little things we want to do still yeah, yeah. it was like a somebody to love Shirley Temple mocktail <laughs> for the kids so. And you're coming to San Diego when? Uh, when you invite us. Yay! <laughs> oh, touche. All right. Okay. Well, we'll talk offline about that one. That's no, fine. Well, me and Jonathan will host. <laughs> David, what would, back what would you. yeah, what would both of you say for somebody who has a creative idea like this, but is kind of tentative on 
going diving in and, and doing it? What would you say for your advice for them? And then also, you know, your advice for going through this rejection process and believing in yourself, you know, what would you say to these people, to somebody like that? Well, you want me to go? You want to go for it. Okay, I, I have advice here because I would do things differently. We did a whole book. Don't do it. Do three paintings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because we did a whole book wrong. Uh, we did a whole book with her as a grown-up. And, and then a friend told us, Emily, she's like, um, kids' book normally feature kids. And we're like, oh, of course. <laughs> okay, so first thing, write a draft, right, uh, of, the, of the book in page by page. I will say that for the words. And do three spreads, only three spreads, so you can show the style. With that, get an agent. And the agent can uh, send it to different uh, publishers. If you don't have an agent, there's also a lot of contests out there. Like we got to what's called uh, a classic. There, there are some contests out there. So you can put your bio, the, the draft, and three pages. That's all you need for someone to see if you have potential. Don't do a whole book. The, we even thought about self-publishing. I think that's a very hard thing to do. We decided against it because we don't have the time, since we both have other careers too, to distribute, to, to do the promotion. Even like this is hard. So look, if you have it in you, go for it and self-publish. But just take an account that you have to do that part. Get into bookstores, like shop on, like do it online, get advertising. So don't forget that you also have to invest in all of those things too. So if you don't have the time or the money for that, then try to get an agent or get into contests. <laughs> That's my advice for the progress. And I think it's also important, even if it's not a book or it's anything you're trying to do that you believe in, that you want to do, a little dream. You might keep it a top secret mission for a little bit. Top secret mission of manifestation, where you just go in the room every night and you're like, ding, 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 ding. And you don't tell anybody what you're working on because when it's really early, people can get discourage you. And so just keep working on it 10 minutes a day, however long it takes, until uh, you get more and more time on your hands where you can spend an hour learning stuff or working on it. And then when you feel that you're strong enough and you have your three pages or you have your draft or you have one strong song, venture out to an open mic, try it in a live room, share it with an agent, try it with different things. And when you get a rejection, just go ahead and feel okay to cry about it. Yes. It's okay it's because okay. it happens to everybody. Yes, we've got many. But you can take it as the final because you just have to keep believing, even if it's three, 10, 12 years, because whatever you're doing, you might be inspiring someone who's coming along no matter what, you know? So it's not always about you. Your dream is bigger than you. I also would say surround yourself with people that believe in you. Oh yeah. Because sometimes when you don't believe in yourself, those people help. And sometimes the people who don't believe in you are in your own family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, our very own Mr. Okay, well, okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so don't let it get you down. <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> was there ever a point in time where you found yourself leaning back on on the actual story itself and and kind of that that, that overarching theme of believe right and just to, to get you through to that next point uh, today yesterday the day before <laughs> all the time oh, we still, yeah we still we, we still have our, our good days and our bad days and we're yeah. so happy and so grateful and but we still have our bad days you know <laughs> as as we all do right as we all do yeah. absolutely well, i think it's amazing um a quick question from julie colton um i think in response to the way you were describing um marcelo on the uh, only doing a few pages rather than the whole book right um, and i think she's referring to that she asks consecutive pages or just different parts of the story in other words would you do like you know, the, the, a section of the story or just kind of three kind of random points that kind of maybe illustrate the different parts differently? I, I think I would recommend different parts. So it shows um, different styles too and mm -hmm. how it could, it could, um, it shows a little more of it, but I don't think it matters because it will still show your style and what mm -hmm. you want to, uh, how it's going to look at the end. But I would recommend not consecutive. Like just the the ones that you think are the strongest to show the story. Yeah. Awesome, David. Do you have any uh, any more follow ups? Well, what would if you read this story as a, as a as a kid? How do you think it would have affected you? That's a good question. Oh wow! <laughs> I Stumped. think that I would have had a little more courage because I didn't believe in myself. And um, I think that there was someone who came to my school when I was a kid and she did a talk about goals. And she wrote on the chalkboard the word goals. And she said, anything you wanna achieve in your life, you need to sit down and write what your goals are. What are your goals for the next five years, then the next 10 years, then the next 20 years. And we're like in second and third grade. I'm like, <laughs> goals for 10 years, whoa. But the fact that she did that put me in a dreamer mindset where it's like, whatever I'm wishing for, or I wanna be when I grow up, then I need to go ahead and start thinking about that, you know, as a dream and something that I wanna learn more about or study or have fun with now you know, versus having to pressure myself to do something at the last minute and make it a career. No, if it's fun for you, then just say, maybe by the time I'm 80 years old, I'll play as good as Elizabeth Cotton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> and while I'm doing that, I will go and I'll work this job or do that other thing or do whatever thing, but I'm working every day on my little... <laughs> because you have the long-term vision of what it is you wish for. So planting the seed with a child to dream, even they say today, like, what do you dream of? What do you want to be when you grow up? And they say, I want to have wings. I want to fly. I want to be a soccer player. I want to be a dentist. Well, right now, today, they're already planting those seeds at right. 10 and 8 and 9 years old. So what did you want to be when you were a kid? I wanted to be a singer. Always? <laughs> I didn't want to tell anybody though. But you were oh, <laughs> Yeah, because I was afraid they'd say, um, sing us something. And then I would sing like, Amy, you something. 
gonna be when you were kids. What we were? Uh, yeah. Oh. What was your dream? Man. I I think when I was real little, I wanted to be a soccer player when I was real little. And then when I got my banjo when I was a teenager, there's was a banjo player. Yeah. Amazing. You're so yeah. great at banjo, too. So I'm glad you got that one. <laughs> Thanks. And look where you ended up. You worked for a banjo company. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. What about and, you? Well, me, I, I don't know. For a long time, I wanted to play basketball. That was my thing. Amazing. Okay. Yeah, but uh, like I love about mine, I wanted to be a, a magician scientist. Magician <laughs> scientist? Yeah. Okay, that's a uh, side note. Valerie, sorry, we've got to have a conversation. Oh, you know what does, I mean? Like, actually, it worked out. I realized I am. I, I this didn't exist. Now it's here. So I became a, I'm a, I'm a magician now. In in your head though, as a as a child, how how did you envision that to be? Were you like just like a mad scientist in a lab, like just making? I had a little lab in my grandma's house, and yeah. well, it was not a lab; it was all in my mind. Sure. But it was my lab; it was a closet. And yes, yeah. and I would do potions, and I would do stuff. Yeah, and I, I would do; I just could do anything I wanted. So it's pretty awesome gig if you think about it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You're not far off it. You can pretty much do anything you want, right? Yeah. Yeah. Day, I was like, you know what? Maybe I was not that far off. <laughs> no. And in fact, uh, we should we should take a moment here and just um, plug a couple of websites here. Uh, Marcel, that's you right there, I think. Um, and Valerie, that would be you. And then the, probably the most important one is the somebodytolovebook.com where you can go there and uh, find out all of the retailers, which includes, I think, Barnes & Noble, Amazon. I want to say I saw it in Target. Um, but probably the biggest and boldest of them all, obviously, is DearingBanjos.com, where you can buy it and order it today with all of your banjo accessories. Sorry. Shameless plug. Had to do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's yeah. But it is it is a beautiful book. A really, really, really nice book. My kids loved it. Um, and we have a copy at home now. So thank you for that. Um, there's one thing I want you to do before we sign off here, because we're at the top of the hour. There's a section right at the back. I mentioned it earlier. Uh, that's just entitled Believe. Um, and I wondered if you wouldn't mind just reading that out and then playing us out with a quick song or believing I should see that's what it's called yeah believing you can achieve your dream is a way to be an inspiration for your community from America to Tibet every country and culture has a proverb or saying that is powerful for encouraging people to dream big Having a quote to remember is just a way to stay focused on your goals for any dream you might have, large or small. Can you memorize one of these proverbs? And on the other side, you would see all the proverbs. There's a Native American proverb, Tibetan proverb, Nigerian, African, um, Belgian, uh, American, and a Mexican proverb, and they're all about dreams. Because sometimes when you feel down about it, or maybe you don't have the energy for it that day. You just memorize your proverb and say that as a mantra to yourself again and again, and you feel a little bit stronger till you get to the next day. <laughs> do you do you guys have a favorite proverb from that list? Well, for me, it's a Mexican one because one of my family members get, uh, told it to me, and it's very easy. It just says, 
dream doesn't cost a thing. <laughs> Love that one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So shout out to Kokoi. <laughs> and I love the African proverb, dreams are the voices of ancestors. Ah, I love it. Beautiful, beautiful. Guys, thank you so, so much. This was this was very special. We enjoyed this a lot. And by far and away, the most entertaining sound check we've ever had. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. You guys win. It's <laughs> <That was> awesome. <laughs> Uh, would you mind would you be willing to play us out with one more tune before we sign off today and yes i will all right what are you going to play for us and any final thoughts before you go are welcome as well both of you well thank you to the grammy museum john horniak who was the one who got us here from memphis to mississippi and it's a beautiful museum so we're going to go tour it thank you to deary for this little baby i'm going to play for you third man books and third man records and our um management team red light and all of the people who've helped us so much. My mom, she's usually on the road with us. So if we're thinking about dreams, we have to think about. Oh.